Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to advance in leadership, then this podcast is for you. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, and Monique Marquez, senior corporate leader, ex-Googler, and diversity expert. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Nikki Barua, your host for today's episode. Change and advancement rarely happen on their own. Connection and community are what really move the needle. And leaders who understand this principle have the power to create positive ripple effects throughout their communities and organizations. Meet Stephanie Kinzer, EVP Enterprise Solutions at Salesforce, who's known for her leadership approach, which puts people and culture at the center of a sustainable growth strategy. She is a champion for equality, creating a world-class sense of belonging for all. Stephanie connects her passion for STEM and developing future talent at Salesforce by serving as the executive sponsor of the Women in Solutions Excellence Organization. This diverse and vibrant organization is giving back to schools and creating a path for solution engineers in the workforce. In this episode, Stephanie shares how growing up in a military family that moved around frequently taught her how to adapt to change and exposed her to the power of relationships, opportunities, and diversity. Stephanie encourages women to pursue their vision and overcome obstacles in their path. Stephanie shares insights on having the confidence to ask for what you deserve and strategies for overcoming doubts. She also challenges us to question if our fears are real or imaginary, and if we are limiting ourselves or if we are in a limited situation. Visit imbeyondbarriers.com where you will find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. We're so thrilled to have you here today. Hi, it's awesome to be here. Thank you for asking me. Well, you are in the very, very tiny percentage of highly experienced senior female leaders um, in uh, the world and certainly in the tech industry. So it's a true privilege to sort of learn more about your journey and all the stories and strategies that can guide our audience. So let's dive right in and start with, um, you know, tell us how you got started. Sure. So I'd like to start first with a story, just kind of like what the environment was when I was growing up, even just the first 16 years of my life, I had a pretty unusual experience. Probably many of your listeners um, had something um, kind of akin to this, but I grew up in the military. My father was in the military. And so through that, um, we moved every few years. And so as a young child and coming up, you know, as a teenager, moving with my parents and my sister, there was good and bad to that. Um, certainly being able to see different parts of the world was really interesting. Um, but there were some great opportunities and some lessons from that. And one of the lessons that I learned was how important and valuable relationships are. Mm. Um, that's kind of the big one, really. And kind of going into a new community, being a, you know, a new classmate to students, you know, sometimes that worked easily and sometimes it didn't work as easily. And there were challenges and opportunities there. 
Um, but the power of relationships is something, you know, that I still really, it's a, a tenant of my leadership style as well. So it kind of comes all the way forward. So it um, sounds like you learned very early on how to adapt to change. You know, that was a very fundamental part of your upbringing and how to drop on the resources that help you, you know, sort of navigate through all of that uncertainty quickly. Sure. Like I would say I didn't always adapt to change, you know, with the textbook, you know, amazing story, but I learned those lessons. I definitely learned those lessons. And this was before social media too, right? So um, to keep in touch with classmates from a previous, you know, tour that we did would require actually writing a letter to them and kind of keeping in contact that way. And, you know, it's such a different world today, but relationships are, are really powerful and they can help you through the good and the bad of everything that kind of goes on. Um, the other thing I kind of um, picked up a little bit at a time was how important diversity really is and how it really enriches all of our experiences. And it's this started with the simple things like um, the weather, the food, the different, you know, micro climates in these different um, parts of the world that I lived in. But it was also um, picking up on different perspectives, mm -hmm. different ways um, people are kind of looked at, different types of careers, and and different just you know how people are accepted um, for who they are and where they are. That was a really great gift that I received, kind of being able to navigate through that. So, how did all of that shape the choices you made in terms of? deciding what career path you wanted to choose? I mean, did you always know that you were going to go down this path and be in the tech industry? How did it all come about? Absolutely not. Um, I did not plan this. Um, but what happened was, you know, like, like many young women as they're kind of coming up and thinking about their career, I wanted to be a teacher. I, my mother was, my grandmother was a teacher and my mom taught for just a little bit. And, you know, that was a great career. And we're exposed to that a lot when we're growing up. We meet a lot of teachers that are powerful. Um, but I also benefited by, you know, kind of when I was in middle school and high school, my mom became a systems analyst. Mm. And um, we never really talked about that, but I, you know, was just observing it from the outside. And she brought a laptop home that I would kind of mess around with sometimes. And um, I really, I remember a deliberate point in time where I felt caught in between the generations. Mm. There's this generation ahead of me that did not learn technology. Technology was not a part of their way of life at that time. And then there's the generation coming up behind me that will only be raised on technology and just definitely technically driven. And um, I was probably a freshman in college when I made the really deliberate decision to move over and study um, management information systems in the business college. Um, I was always science and mathematically inclined and oriented, but not being really deliberate about computers until that time, which was, um, I never looked back. I'm so passionate about the things that technology can do. And now tracing your career, um, you know, having been at Salesforce um, for almost a couple of decades, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, in the large organization that you run, what are, how has, you know, what have you learned now? Or what do you know now that you wish you knew then? Mm -hmm. 
it goes back even to the first thing I, I mentioned about how powerful relationships are. And uh, when I got out of college and came to the city that I live in, Dallas, to look for that first big role, um, I went on a lot of interviews and I was sitting in one interview and it was going really well. And, you know, I'm um, 21 years old, 22 years old, right? And all of a sudden, um, the lady who's interviewing me, who ran the whole office in Dallas for that company, she paused and she asked me, you know, what high school I went to. Um because she knew, you know, where I was from. She asked who my parents were. And I was like, this is weird. I'm not really sure we, you know, should be asking these types of questions. But she ended up being um, a personal friend of my parents and the notes to all of us, you know, that she was in Dallas and hiring for these types of roles. And it just, you know, it was a really good life lesson that mm. you really need to connect. Your personal and professional lives are forever intertwined mm-hmm. and you can leverage that as a platform for yourself. That is a fantastic lesson because throughout our lives, we meet so many people. And when we think of simply nurturing those relationships, um, you know, there's a way that all those dots start to connect. So, so as you think about from that early stage of your career to where mm-hmm. you are today, Share with us maybe, you know, the two to three sort of defining moments or decisions that really kind of, you know, accelerated your success, you know, Mm because there's things that either shift externally that have happened for us and we stepped into it or it's something that we decided mentally we shifted about ourselves. What were those for you? Sure. Um, I think I've it's been 30 years for me in, in technology careers. And I think one of those first pivotal moments for me was early. It was in that first um, company that I was with. And I was with them for almost five years. But there came a moment where I was handling the largest accounts that um, they had. And I was implementing their new customers onto their system. So interacting with the customer, um, setting everything up the way that they needed and ensuring their success. But um, my compensation package still reflected me as an entry-level person, Mm -hmm. even though in comparison to the peers across the nation, I was performing at this really high level. And um, it took a couple of conversations with the leadership at that time to to really help break through some of those um, barriers to ensure that I was being compensated fairly and that I saw kind of a career path for myself there. And that took a lot of of courage because I didn't want it to come across as a th- I'm threatening, um, you know, of the fair pay. I'm playing the fair pay card, but it's more about knowing your value and if the value is there that you're adding to the organization. Um, it's definitely a conversation people should have confidence in having with their leadership. That is a super powerful story because you did that at a much earlier stage in your career at a time when uh, a lot of people, both men and women, struggle to sort of articulate their value or stand up for it. Um, and you did it then. And um, I'm going to ask you a very tactical question. If, mm-hmm. You know, a very um, often we hear, I know I should be asking for what I'm worth. I literally don't even know what words to use. Mm-hmm. How, how would you ask? If yeah. someone in that situation, a woman in that situation, how, what, what is that script that could guide someone? 
Well, I think first you have to be prepared with some um, information or data to inform how you view it. And, you know, most companies have policies that you can't, you know, openly share your compensation data with the person next to you. But um, there are sources of information and and there are people that you might have made um, that you might know socially or just through other angles that can also provide some of those inputs to you. So, you know, way back in, in the day, I went through a similar process and really understanding what would this role pay for if I, you know, went to another company or um, I had a peer that was in, um, you know, another office that was in the same role. And once I kind of assessed that and really understood where I currently was and where I thought I should be, it was more of a conversation with the leader about checking in on the value I was delivering and then seeing um, how they might view that if they were hiring somebody off the street for that type of role. Mm-hmm. And, you know, truly recognizing that there was a gap in that situation for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited that that company kind of stepped forward because that was the first time in my career I saw that partnership, right? I'm not just working for you and you are the boss, but this is a partnership and that I look for that in future roles. Mm-hmm. Um, that maybe the organization chart was kind of more flat, more of like an innovative and dynamic environment. But I think that that was something important to me. What stands out in the story you just shared is um, a very objective and fact-based approach rather than, you know, coming from a place of feeling like a victim or entitled Mm -hmm. in any way of just saying this is almost, you know, it's the let's get aligned. And if the alignment was missing, that gives you the answer of what things you need to do next from there. So it really speaks to what your point is about owning your power and believing in your own value. So um, you have a tremendous amount of confidence and conviction in what you do. Tell us about maybe moments of facing self-doubt or limiting beliefs, um, especially as you were rising up and taking on bigger and bigger roles. Did you ever have those moments where, you know, you might have just, even if it was momentary, that, uh, you know, doubt got in the way? And then tell us how you overcame that. Right. Yes. I think like if you don't have those moments, you're you're really not growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that being comfortable with getting uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And that is really powerful, right? And whether uh, there's so many good analogies, but in sports, that's a very powerful discipline as well. Um, There's been, there's been a lot of opportunities to just really kind of doubt (laughs) what I'm doing and where I'm going. And I mentioned before that your personal professional lives are really kind of forever intertwined. And I think for me, a lot of the fears came from, am I going to be able to balance this? Am I taking on too much? Is it going to reflect in my performance at home or at work? Um, you know, that I am performing at this new level or trying to mm-hmm. perform at this new level. 
And that's really hard to reconcile because there's not really, or and I didn't feel like there was this big network of people for me to talk to about, um, hey, yes, I want to take this job, but really what's the travel like? Like, what's it really like? Um, and how do you really manage that? And where can you cut corners um, to make decisions that are you know right for your family? And so um, I think it's building that network Mm -hmm. and relying on a team. Like I have an amazing team where I am today and they make the work that we all do together um, super successful. And um, I think that's very powerful and hopefully an inherent part of a lot of workplaces. Um, And so that's something that I look for is is a team-oriented work culture, a support network that can really kind of help you. Um, But, you know, you're you're going to be uncomfortable and that's a healthy feeling. Um, And so there's two things that I want to kind of add on to that. One of it is just to keep um, in check with yourself Mm. um, because are you really limiting yourself or are you in a limited situation is kind of a question that I ask myself from time to time. Um, Am I putting these fears into this scenario or are they really there? Does that That kind of make sense? Powerful question. You know, that is something that is truly quotable because um, it's such a fine line that if you don't look at the facts, you could, limit your potential simply because it may be, you know, uh, how you're, uh, the perspective and the framing of it versus the reality. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you get um, objective in that situation, not let, you know, any kind of fear or sort of that momentary doubt get in the way of how you're looking at answering that? Sure. Question? I think uh, for me, checking in, I have, you know, a a couple of mentors that I use regularly that really helped me be successful and just having some real conversations with them about, you know, the potential of a scenario and how I'm feeling about it. And, you know, how real do they um, think that, you know, some of those limiting beliefs might be. Um, And I think that's really powerful. And it kind of goes into the other thing that I wanted to make sure I mentioned here. And that was really about feedback. Mm. Um, Feedback is really important um, in any relationship, but especially at work, in understanding how people perceive your work, how your work is valued, and really how you can grow. Because until you know kind of where you stand, it, it's kind of hard to grow from there. And so um, the a couple of the mentors that I have used throughout the past couple of years, they're really powerful at giving me that real feedback. You know, like, well... Not that this would happen, right? But here's what people would say when you left the room, if you left the room, if we were talking about you. Mm-hmm. And that's so critical to understand, like, what's that brand for yourself so that you can improve upon it or or alter it if needed. So check in with yourself and make sure you understand whether it's a limitation externally or a mm-hmm. limited way you're looking at something. And secondly, get real feedback. So having a trusted source of feed, uh, feedback is really critical. The people that are willing to be true tellers uh, in your life and your career. Um, but the higher up women go, you know, often you're the only um, and it's hard to find, you know, 
mentors or sponsors that look like you, and often they're not. Um, how have you found um, and nurtured relationships with the right mentors and sponsors in your career? Um, I think that uh, I haven't always looked for uh, people that look like me when I'm looking for a mentor. Although I think that that is important and it's a part of it. I like to really make sure that I have like a diverse set of my, my personal board of directors is diverse. Um, people inside my company, people outside my company, people in different geographies, um, people from different backgrounds and genders. And I think that um, that, you know, is the ideal state to present to me a balanced view of how I'm doing. Um but I would say that I haven't depended on female mentors to always help me, but there have been some really powerful ones in, you know, my 30 year career history. Um, and I think that that is something that I've kind of kept in mind and it, trying to ensure that I'm there for the community too, right? Like um, I'm currently mentoring um, you know, a half dozen um, females inside of our company from all different levels. And I think that that is something that's really important. And in addition to that, um, it's more than just about women in the workplace. It's about inspiring that next generation of our workforce. Yeah. And I do a lot of work too um, on the board with the Girl Scouts of North Texas. And I think um, being that inspiration, right? If you can see one, you can be one. And that kind of gives that well-rounded view. Absolutely. And and I think, um, you know, the number of people we can personally empower versus the ones we can inspire, just as you're doing through this podcast mm -hmm. is incredibly powerful. Um, one of the major transition points in anyone's career is shifting from individual contributor to a mm -hmm. manager leader, uh, where you go from being the doer to getting things done. Right. And given the massive scale of the organization that you are responsible for and the metrics you're responsible for, give us a little bit of a sense of what makes you successful in that role and specifically, how do you keep a pulse on things and drive to get to those results? Sure. Um, it's everyone has a different story of how they kind of pushed through from individual contributor to finally being a people leader. And um, I work in a, my, a, I have a technical team, but we're in a sales organization mm -hmm. and, you know, it's not unique to my company, but oftentimes the best sales rep is then kind of moved into a leadership role. Mm -hmm. And ideally that shouldn't really be the case. It's there are some aspects to what a good people leader kind of brings to the table that mm -hmm. people really should be looking for when they're you know looking for those managers. Um, and it's kind of this: um, they know the business, they're really smart about the business, mm -hmm. but they're willing to give of themselves. And so there's this um, selflessness part to becoming a manager mm -hmm. that is completely similar to what it's like to have a kid now in your family, having a new baby in your family and just giving some of yourself up to make sure that they're successful and, um, and people that are okay with 
the um, acknowledgement, the glory, the spotlight to be shown on that team, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And good managers can do those things, but also provide the coaching and the inspiration Mm -hmm. and the hold hold that team accountable for their success. So um, I remember uh, wanting so badly to be a people manager, you know, many years ago. And something that, you know, I often share with people kind of going through this part of their career journey is ask for those extra opportunities to lead a project or to connect with other leaders in a way that represents your organization. Because the more um, opportunities you have to show your capabilities in that area, that you're, you're kind of becoming... Um, the de facto next candidate in line when those positions open up. And um, and it also demonstrates that selflessness, right? Because you're doing this extra credit work, um, yes, and but it's to give back and it's to really help the team be successful. Now you also have this, you know, aspiration to become a people manager, but all of that's okay. Um, I think, you know, that kind of helps to get all the boats aligned. Mm-hmm. So let's say someone has that aspiration to be a people mm-hmm. manager or just get to the next level of their career. They s- seem to have done everything they were supposed to. And then they find out that they didn't get that much hope for promotion or the next position. Mm-hmm. Um, how should they respond from there? And how do they prepare for the next time right they do better sure i think the first thing is just acknowledge there will be a next time like just tell yourself and have this tape loop in your head that you know this was a learning experience we're gonna debrief with ourselves about what happened and get some feedback and then we're going to be ready for that next time and um I, I love to draw analogies from sports and I, you know, in high school, I ran cross country and track, which are not, you know, completely exciting and they're not a team sport for sure, but there's so many athletes that, that have those moments where they they're trying for the Olympics, you know, time after time, and then they finally make it. And, um, I believe that, you know, there's, um, a little bit of that, that is like right place, right time. And that, everything happens for a reason. I, um, it sounds so cliche, but in a way, um, the next time this opportunity opens up for you, you're going to be more prepared. It's going to be the right path for you. Um, and I think there, there's a lot of power in kind of understanding and accepting that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of back to your question as well, like, when they found out they didn't get that position, they need the feedback. You need to go back to the hiring team in those examples, the hiring manager, and really just ensure you have asked the questions about why and what can I do better? Um, Mm -hmm. Because that is the gift um, to be able to be prepared for next time. What if you could pinpoint the invisible ceilings limiting your success? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers so you can take action and gain unstoppable momentum to advance as a future-ready leader. Well, that's exactly what the Beyond Barriers quiz will help you discover. You'll get your personalized score based on the 25 essential elements proven to accelerate success in the digital age, so you can understand what's holding you back and where to focus your efforts. The Beyond Barriers quiz is completely free and takes just a few minutes. 
Go to imbeyondbarriers.com slash quiz and take the quiz today. And so, um, you know, as much as that failure stings in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's hard to deal with the setback and all of that. Um, it really becomes an opportunity for growth and feedback that helps you discover what the gaps were. But in that moment of failure, and mm -hmm. we've all had them in various ways, not just in not getting the dream roles, uh, what are some strategies that have helped you um, sort of uh, deal with setbacks and failures and come out of that stronger and more positively? Mm -hmm. um, so I think going back to the very beginning and knowing your value, um, building upon that. Um, and I'm a big believer in, in this continuous state of learning. Um, and so there's so many opportunities to learn and grow in all, all of all of your fields. <laughs> um, and one thing that I've continued to do is try to differentiate what I'm bringing to the table. And so as an example, my company has an amazing uh, curriculum of enablement and leadership development courses that we offer. However, in differentiating what I can bring to the table as a leader, I have often sought outside um, courses. You know, um, there's great classes locally here at SMU in the executive education department. Things like that allow you to expand your network. They allow you to um, acquire new skills, and you're just adding to your repertoire as an executive or a professional. Um, and I think the other thing is, you know, inside all of your companies, that next opportunity is going to come, but you need to be real with yourself about, are you waiting for it? Or are you also helping to make it happen? Mm. Um, oftentimes positions can be created for people because of a scenario um, that is building right in right before your very eyes. And if you're a part of that, if you are um, involved in, you know, those conversations and discussions, you kind of some, sometimes get first right of refusal in applying for those. So um, don't just go back to your desk and hang your head low and just do your job and wait for that next um, application to pop up on the screen because oftentimes when things are posted, there's already candidates in the queue, right? And so you want to be there next time. And this is a way to kind of do that. And what data shows is that more than 90% of opportunities come through people you know. So mm -hmm. it goes back to your original point about relationships, not just, uh, you know, externally, but even within the organization, how important they become to identify, you know, um, not just the right opportunities, but potentially even the ones that will advocate for you when you're not in the room. Mm -hmm. and all of those play into that. So um, as you think about, you know, this uh, very disruptive, you know, fast changing future environment, and you're at the helm of that with a lot of things that uh, your organization is involved in and the tech industry is doing, what do you see, you know, as the most important sort of mindset to have in constantly, you know, in not getting left behind? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's... Um you know, a year ago, everything changed, right? Yeah. It changed the entire world. This is our first global pandemic. Mm -hmm. And um, that created a lot of opportunity. And it also created a lot of pressure. 
Um, and I love the analogy about the diamond that you could throw in here um, where, you know, they are created by that pressure. But women are unfairly and statistically being shown to carry an unfair portion of the stress and the burdens of everything that has happened over the past year. But if you think about what's most important to you and you can leverage that in this moment, there's also tremendous opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, the entire world is thinking, as an example, about their digital strategies mm-hmm. um, and automating things that were either manual or semi-annual or manual. And um, we cannot... like. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think the entire world is going to be robotic in five years. And if they were, it would be a huge miss. And there are skills that women uniquely bring to the table to bridge some of this gap. Empathy, communication skills, being um, connected, creating this network. If you combine that with digital automation, you're going to have really powerful solutions for enterprises across the world. And so think about how you can add to that equation. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, also I think, because of the disruption that's happening, people, everyone should be um, looking at the opportunities that exist and acknowledge that sometimes you might need to step back or sideways before you can go forward. Um, but we're going to start going forward pretty quickly. You know, I feel I feel certain. That's, um, you know, a great way to look at all of the change that's coming and really look at it as an opportunity for advancement. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I admire very much about you is that you are um, truly such a huge champion for developing the next generation of leaders and um, also for creating diverse workplaces. Um, I know you serve, um, you know, with Girl Scouts on the board there, as well as uh, with WISE and, you know, all the work that you're doing. You've also been a tremendous champion for uh, women in the workplace through the Beyond Barriers Accelerator. So through all of that, like, why do you think that's important? Why do you think that's important? And what advice would you give to other organizations or leaders um, as they look at the future and look at talent development and diversity. Right. Well, I think it is so important because um, there's so much uh, advantage and greatness happening in technology that women aren't just naturally participating in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 20 years ago or so, this just became really, I was became very hyper aware of it. Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't notice in college that I was one of a few people in the MIS program. Um, And I didn't notice in my first role. I just knew I was doing something that I was passionate about. Mm -hmm. Um, And the the gender imbalance that exists in tech, I became very aware of about 20 20 years ago. Um, There's great jobs in tech. There's great um, ability to balance your family and your career with roles like this. And so, you know, that's why it's it's so powerful to get this message out to, you know, people around the world about careers in technology. And for companies, it's equally important. Um, the the language that diversity brings to a business issue creates great opportunity. Can you know we're solving problems in a more innovative way by bringing that diversity to the table. So everybody wins. Um, and I think it's 
it's taking time to bring people through the education of tech and, and into these roles, but the inspiration is, is here and it's just a matter of kind of unleashing it. Absolutely. So um, through all of this um, that you've led, what helps you stay grounded um, as you're juggling work, re- really big career and family um, and kids? Tell us what that <laughs> looks like for you. Yes. I, you know, uh, the family definitely keeps me grounded. Um, yeah, you know, had this moment. I had a lot of time before to think when I was traveling and I was on airplanes and um, I could really just kind of get into my brain a little bit. But um, I know that so many times I have walked into a family conversation or a dinner and been like, gosh, I'm just so busy. I'm so busy. Um, but I'm carving out this time now to be with you. So like, let's, you know, be together and really not acknowledging that every, they're all busy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have teenagers in, in school and in activities and in, my husband is obviously very busy. Um, and it's just, getting real. Like I wasn't being real with myself about my place and the family and um, acknowledging that everybody is kind of coming at that from different angles. And so uh, COVID did a really good reset for me on, on that. And, um, and I've always practiced one thing that has always helped me too, is I practice um, gratitude or just giving thanks at the beginning of a work day, I spent about the first 10, 15 minutes of the day writing some quick notes, thank you notes to people, or just, you know, congratulations, or you did a great job kind of notes. And they're not elaborate, um, but I hope they're meaningful um, to the recipients just to know that I thought of them and kind of that's going, but it's helpful to me too, to just center myself in the concept of gratitude um, as I start the day. So, the last thing though is um, I will preach this better than I practice it, I guess is the better way to say it, but you have to give back to yourself before you can give back to others. And um, a year ago, I was terribly out of balance, you know, just working, traveling, and then tending to the activities of the family that I could go to. And this past year has really allowed me to recenter on how I can get back to myself. Like, Mm. can I spend time with my girlfriends, you know, virtually over a Zoom call? Um, Can I work out? And, you know, can I make that commitment to myself? And I think that that's so important because, you know, as you're rising in your career, as you're contributing to the companies that you all work for, they need that well-roundedness and wellness to come from you as well. That is so true. Put the oxygen mask on yourself so you can yes. help other people. Um, so, Stephanie, the last question I want to leave our audience with is, um, imagine there is a young girl somewhere around the world that is listening to this and watching this video. Mm-hmm. What is your message to her? She has big dreams. She hopes to be where you are someday. What is your message to her? Sure. Um some of the same themes that I kind of have shared throughout this and, you know, know your value, um, do something that you're passionate about. And then I might even just reverse your question and share with you something a very young girl in India shared with me two years ago when we took an, um, an executive trip to India to tour some tech companies and, and to give back to some of the nonprofits in that area. 
And we were having a mentoring conversation and she asked me what my hobbies were and, we were, and my, what my family was like and all of this. And she told me that I needed more masala in my curry. <laughs> and that will just stick with me forever because she's so right. Like my hobbies were my kids' activities and um you have to find those things that bring you unique joy, right? You can be a little selfish when it comes to, you know, yourself. And and I thought that was perfect advice. That is a great place to wrap up. More <laughs> masala in your curry. So be yourself and, uh, you know, lead with that. So thank you so much, Stephanie. This has been fantastic. Appreciate you being willing to share your advice and your journey with our audience and inspiring everyone around the world. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.